This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a leading independent publisher with six decades of experience supporting teachers and school leaders. Learn about research-based, easy-to-use professional development books for your entire faculty by visiting us.johncatbookshop.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is the second part of my interview with Ryan Gottfriedson. I'm going to do another intro here in the interview in just a minute, but I wanted to just highlight how powerful these episodes are for you. If you have not taken the mindset assessment at ryangodfredson.com, make sure you do that because it will give you some great insight. And this assessment is just packed with amazing information. So as I mentioned last week, also, after we finish this conversation, Ryan and I talked and I'm going to be doing some speaking for him as well. And so if that's something that you're interested in and having him or me uh, come and speak about these mindsets, that would be fantastic. So go ahead and go to transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 331 for the show notes for links to the things we're talking about. Thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Here's the second part of my interview with Ryan Gottfriedson. All right. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 331, and this is part two with Ryan Gottfriedson. And last week we talked about uh, the four different types of mindset, and Ryan introduced us to his uh, assessment that you can take online at ryangodfordson.com. And make sure that uh, you go and take that because it's really cool, and I really was fascinated with my results. But also, I want to talk through the results and see what that looks like, and then also uh, get some more insight on interventions that we can do to help people be more successful in their or more positive in their mindset. So, Ryan, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, what we've covered so far is we've dove into fixed and growth mindsets, and we may even redefine that. And so I'm excited to dive into some of these other mindsets. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is to just walk through the different mindsets, talk about the scores and how we interpret them, and then what interventions we can put in place specifically to move somebody's mindset in each of these areas more to the positive side. So does that sound like a good plan for our conversation today? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay. So we're going to start with, again, ryangotfordson.com. Take the mindset assessment. 
hopefully you did that this last week and you've got this in front of you and you can think through it as we're talking because it is really, really powerful. So the first one is the fixed versus growth mindset. So can you talk to us a little bit about what we talked about this last week, but what the difference between those two is briefly, and then what kind of an intervention we can put in place to help someone have more of a growth mindset? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And and I'm just going to add in one thing that's kind of overarching to all of these mindsets uh, that I think is really interesting is research has found that 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processing. And what this leads us to ask, what drives our non-conscious automatic processing? Well, it's our mindsets. It's our mental lenses that we use to view the world. And we can categorize these mindsets in different ways. And there's probably a hundred different ways to categorize our mindsets. But my mindset assessment focuses on four sets of mindsets that range on a continuum from negative to positive. And the only reason why I focus on these four sets of mindsets is because they have about 30 plus years of academic backing each. And so there's other mindsets that, that I'm sure are good that we can categorize I just am not familiar with that, those other mindsets having as much research support behind them. So that's just a little preface uh, there. Does that make sense, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was recently reading uh, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, and he talked yeah. a lot about how we do things non-consciously, which is either subconsciously or unconsciously, either one of those works. But so much of what we do is non-conscious, which means that we don't even think about it. It just happens. And he talked about it in the aspect of developing habits and how, you know, when you are standing in line, you pull out your phone and you don't even think about it. And sometimes you don't even know what's on there. You are just flipping through doing something and you don't even know what you've been doing, but you're doing it because that's what you're you do subconsciously or non-consciously and with so much of our thinking, feeling and acting being driven by that, that's just really, really powerful. And so you can actually control those things by changing your mindset, which is, is really powerful. So let's talk about fixed versus growth and an intervention to help you be more focused on a growth mindset. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to play off of just what you said to introduce fixed and growth mindset. So let me tell you about a really interesting study that was done. In this study, they had a group of students take a mindset assessment, and those that scored low were kind of put into the fixed mindset category, and those that scored high were put into the growth mindset category. And then they were given all the same task, which was eight easy questions and four difficult questions. And what they were getting at was how would these students respond to failure differently? So they were essentially setting them up to fail. And those that had a fixed mindset, so when we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we could change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. So when they when they hit the four hard questions and started to fail, their thoughts quickly denigrated. They started to become rather depressed, and they stopped applying themselves. And the reason why they did this is because when we don't believe that we can improve and we fail... We're left to internalize that as though we are failures. And so those with the fixed mindset are just naturally inclined to respond to failure negatively. And they're going to, they're naturally inclined to avoid challenges because challenges are ripe for failure. But those who had more of a growth mindset, when they hit those hard questions and started to fail, they didn't beat themselves up at all. 
In fact, they started to talk more positively. They would say things like, oh man, I was hoping this would be a challenge. They continued to apply themselves. And even afterwards, they asked them how many they got right and how many they got wrong. And they gave a, a rather accurate answer of eight right and four wrong. Whereas those of the fixed mindset said on average that they got five right and six wrong, underemphasizing their successes and overemphasizing their failures. And the, the reason why those with the growth mindset were able to respond positively to failure is because they believe that they can learn, grow, and improve. And when we naturally have that belief, then we're going to see failure as an opportunity to grow. And so here's just, I just think, such a great example about how our non-conscious mindsets dictate how we respond to the situations that we, that we face. Yeah. Wow. I'm just sitting here pondering that because it's, it's so powerful and so many problems in my life, I feel because I have more of a growth mindset, I've been able to overcome them. And that doesn't mean that that's all the time, Ryan, but that does mean that, that overall I, I can get over them. But a lot of times it's really, really hard and I have to really work at it, even though I do have a growth mindset already. And I mean, I guess I have to feel like I have to have a growth mindset naturally. Wait, now I'm just psyching myself out. Never mind. We'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we found, what research has found is that about 50% of the population has more of a fixed mindset and the other half has more of a growth mindset. And the more that I've done this, uh, my mindset assessment, in fact, with, with my college students, is I find that they have the most fixed mindsets out of everybody, which I think is really interesting because they're mm. supposed to be in this learning atmosphere learning yeah. and growth atmosphere. But what we've found is our, my students are so focused on their grades and yep. how they look that they're more concerned about not failing than they are learning and growing. Yeah. And, and I just find that's really fascinating. So I think one of the things that we need to ask ourselves is what culture are we creating for our students? Are they overly focused on how they are looking? Or are we allowing them the space to focus on learning and growing and mastering the material? And so that I think that that's, you know, might be interesting for your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while know that I've been saying for years that schools are not institutions for learning. We pretend like they are. We say that they are. We act like our mission statements are all about learning, but that is not what it's about in most schools. It's about compliance and getting the grade. And so there's one right way to do things and there's very little variation allowed. And so so that is exactly what we are teaching our kids and what we're setting them up for, especially kids who are college bound. We say, this is what you have to do to get into college. And that's, you know, that's what we, what we end up with. We, they're a product of our, of our own system. So what's an intervention that we can do to help kids develop more of a growth mindset? Well, and, and we need to think about this, as we talked about in our, our first podcast, is not just what do we do with the kids, what do we also do with our teachers and our administrators exactly. and, and others, right? So, and this is the cool thing about focusing on mindsets, is all of the research on mindsets suggests that relatively small interventions such as a 15-minute training, a three-minute video, a uh, short journaling exercise can shift our mindsets 
for up to two to four weeks. Because what these small little exercises do is they activate our positive mindset neural connections. And when those are activated, we come to rely upon those in the future situations that we encounter. And so if we could stack these small interventions on top of each other, over time, what we're doing is we're exercising and we're strengthening our positive mindset neural connection. And we'll come to rely upon those naturally. So let me give you some examples of, of some small interventions that we can engage in to promote a growth mindset. So one is what we found and what research found is a 15-minute training just talking about how people are not fixed, that they can change their talents, abilities, and intelligence. So that can be beneficial. Watching, if you were to go on YouTube and search TED Talks and brain plasticity, that would help us understand that we would learn that, look, people can change their talents, abilities, and intelligence. And maybe help people understand some positive self-talk. So if we hear somebody say, oh, I can't do that, we help them to see and, and change their self-talk to say, I can't do that yet. So those are some examples of some, some relatively small interventions that have been found to, to shape mindsets for up to two to four weeks. And then if we could stack those on top of each other over and over again, uh, then over time, what we'll be doing is we'll be shifting our mindsets more permanently. Yeah, that's great. And and those are simple things that anybody can do. You know, it's not like you have to buy this whole big curriculum and and plan to do this, you know, for 90 minutes every day so you can fix the errors of your ways in the past. That's That's not what it's about. It's about little things that small things that make a big impact. So let's move on to open and closed mindsets. And that's pretty much the the amount that your that your mind is open to the ideas and influences of others. So you're either closed-minded or you're open-minded and you'll take advice and ideas and inspiration from others. Uh, can you give a little better explanation of closed versus open? No, and that was a great explanation. Let me just use an analogy. You, because it leads us to it leads me at least to think what leads somebody to be closed minded and close the ideas and suggestions of others. Well, if we compare our mind to a bucket, and if our bucket is full, meaning we see ourselves as knowing everything related to that particular subject, what happens if we pour something into a full bucket? It overflows. Well, it's just going to come off the side, right? We're not going to be able to absorb that information. And so if we see ourselves as, as though we know what is best, that leads us to become closed-minded. And so when we're closed-minded, our primary focus becomes on being seen as right. We want to be the one providing the answers. And because we're not asking questions, we're largely out of touch. We're not inclined to invite feedback or invite new perspectives. But those with an open mindset, I mean, they can know a lot. They can be an expert. But what they do is they just leave some space in their bucket which means that ultimately they believe that they can be wrong. And when we believe that we can be wrong, our primary focus is not on being seen as being right. Our primary focus is on finding truth and thinking optimal. And when we have that open mindset, we're inclined to ask questions, invite feedback, and invite new perspectives, because those are the things that leads us to thinking more optimally. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's a really good visualization that open-minded people just leave more, more space in their bucket. 
and you can change the size of your bucket and just always have more space. I think that's a good way to, to approach that. My mind always has room for new ideas and new opinions and inspiration. So as far as some interventions to help with open-mindedness, what would you suggest there? Yeah, I, th- I think, let me give you a, a, actually, I'll give you a couple of book recommendations to kind of dive into this. Again, we're thinking about small interventions. And so just learning about these things can help. I'll give you a, give a kind of a selfish plug is that I've written a book called Success Mindsets that dives into each of these. Uh, in my section on closed versus open mindsets, I highlight an organization called Bridgewater Associates. The founder is, uh, of that is Ray Dalio, and he's written a book called Principles. Uh-huh. And his whole book is about the power of radical open-mindedness for organizational success. And, and so I think that that is, if we've got any uh, kind of readers or learners that like to dive into books, that's a fantastic book that I think will help us. Yeah. Um, some additional interventions uh, include just having discussions uh, such as, are, are we a team or are we a group where ideas can be heard? When are examples when that has happened? When are examples when that hasn't happened? And when it hasn't happened, why, why did we not allow for that voice to come forward? And as we have those examples, uh, that's, or as we have those discussions, that's going to help us open up our mindsets. Yeah. And that book, Principles by Ray Dalio, that's one of the books that I've done uh, for my one-page book summaries, which is this, this thing that I do where I read a, a leadership book, and then I condense it down to just one page and give a summary of it. And if it's more than one page, then it's too much. So I recognize people are busy and it's hard to get everything. So if you want to get that principles by Ray Dalio, you can go to onepagebooksummaries.com and and get the one page summary of that, which condensing a huge book like that down into one page is is pretty difficult. But he did give a little help with yep. the uh, principles book that he wrote that is uh, like a picture book. And that that makes it a lot easier because he put a lot of good stuff in there also. So both those books are really uh, good books that I'd recommend people reading. And let me let me add to that because we talked about how videos can be a good kind of exercise for a positive mindset neural connections. He has a video series on YouTube called Principles for Success. And they're about eight four minute videos, uh, which are all fantastic. Yeah, excellent. Great. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for sure. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes. So the next one is the prevention and promotion mindsets. And so prevention keeps people focused on not losing something or avoiding losses. And promotion mindsets help uh, focus people towards winning and gains. And so can you talk a little bit about those two? Yeah. And you said a word earlier when you're talking about how, you know, schools and that 
they aren't necessarily places of learning all the time. And one of the words that you said was compliance, mm-hmm. right? Because compliance, this is kind of the stereotypical prevention mindset is we are more focused on avoiding problems than on reaching goals. And so to kind of compare the two is if we have a prevention mindset and we're a ship captain, our number one focus is on not seeking. So we want to avoid problems. We don't want to take any risks. We want to maintain the status quo. In other words, we don't want to rock the boat. And when we have a prevention mindset and a storm comes on the horizon, our natural reaction is to go to a place of safety, go to a safe harbor. But then we got to ask ourselves, did that, is that place of safety the destination that we intended to go to when we first set sail? And that's going to be unlikely. Those with a promotion mindset, on the other hand, it's not that they're not concerned about seeking because they are, but their number one focus is on a destination and making progress towards it. Mm-hmm. And so when that storm comes on the horizon, they're going to ask themselves, does that storm stand between me and where I want to go? And if so, then they're going to prepare for that storm. They're going to batten down the hatches and they're going to become willing to take the risk of braving that storm. So at the end of the day, those with the prevention mindset they kind of get blown about by the winds and the currents of the sea. Whereas those with the promotion mindset, it's only those people that end up in a destination of their own proactive design because they become willing to brave the winds and the currents of the sea. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's another good analogy. And having lived in Kodiak, uh, Alaska, where you know, you're <laughs> right on the ocean, you have a different yep. understanding of what it means to be out on the water like that it's different than being in a, on a lake or on a river because it's so vast and there's so much that you just can't control and so yeah that is that is really fascinating i i love that description so what are some specific uh interventions to help us move toward a promotion mindset yeah i think one of the things that we need to do to have a promotion mindset is we've actually got to have a destination we've got to have a purpose yeah. we've got to have a why that we're shooting for and so if we don't have that we need to develop that. I just think our if we don't have that, our default is always just going to be towards comfort and, and prevention. So, so that's one of the first things that we need to do. And so I think it's really helpful, you know, some videos. There's a great TED Talk by Amy Purdy. It's one of my favorites. Is a great example of a video of somebody who demonstrates this promotion mindset. Also, there are some video clips. If you were to search in YouTube, Greatest Showman, but but look at Kiala Settle. There's there's one in which she it was recorded before the movie was even made. It's just this beautiful depiction of her having this promotion mindset and facing up up to a challenge. And what just when we see figures that are inspirational, what that helps us to do is activate those more positive mindset neural connections. I mean, even listening to positive, uplifting music can really help. And, and in fact, one of my favorite tools that I use is the book called The Five-Minute Journal. Have you ever heard of The Five-Minute Journal? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So this five-minute journal is just a daily writing exercises where in the morning you answer three questions, at night you answer two questions. And, and some of these questions are like, what are three things you're grateful for? What are three things that would make today amazing? Uh, and then do some self-affirmations. And then what are three amazing things that happened today? And as I, as I do those, and as I, when I first started, what that essentially was doing is this was my daily exercise 
that was working out my positive mindset neural connection. Because I used to have this prevention mindset. But what this journal did is on a daily basis, it activated those neural connections. And it led me to kind of challenge myself every day. How do I make today better than yesterday? And, and as I did that over and over again, uh, I shifted from this prevention to this promotion mindset. Yeah, I think that that's, that is so powerful. And I have a song that I listen to before I have any big keynote speech or consulting presentation or job interview or whatever it is. I have this song that I listen to every single time and it gets me fired up into the promotion mindset. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing before, but hearing you talk about that now, like the way this music is uplifting makes me feel like I can do anything because it takes me back to a time in my life when I took big risks and I was really successful at those big risks and it empowers me to continue to take those big risks and put myself out there and not be afraid. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. It, it just inspires me just thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. That's great. What a great example. Yeah. Okay. So the last one is inward versus outward mindsets. So talk to us about what inward versus outward mindset is and, and what, uh, and then we'll talk about interventions afterward. Yeah. So an inward mindset is when we see ourselves as being more important than others. And when we see ourselves being more important than others, that means our needs and wants matter more than others' needs and wants. And, and when that's the case, we have a tendency to see other people as objects. When we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves. Their needs and wants matter just as much as our own. And when that's the case, we're able to see others as who they truly are, which is as people, and we value them as such. Uh, so an example of this, I think, is like, if you've seen like Captain Hook, he's on the front of his boat, and he's got Smee behind him rowing this little boat. And, and Captain Hook, in this instance, he's got this inward mindset where he's saying, I'm the important one here. I don't have to row this boat because I've got an object behind me named Smee who's going to get me where I want to go. Whereas the idea of this outward mindset is more of the servant leadership mentality, which is we're in this together and let's succeed together. And does that make sense, the difference between the two? Yeah, and I, I think what's so powerful about that is one way to look at that is also uh, the idea of being a servant leader and how you you want to serve those that you are with because you're not the hero up on top. You are doing the work that everybody else is doing and trying to ensure that, that that's what's happening. Is that is that a fair way to look at that? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so let's talk about some ways to help us move towards an outward mindset. And, and I'll be honest, I, I think this is the one that I've historically struggled with the most uh, personally. And the thing that's been the most helpful to me is just positive self-talk in the sense of, or even just introspection in the moment. So in any given moment, I could ask myself, am I being inward or outward? Am I seeing them as an object or am I seeing them as a person? And immediately upon asking that, it invites me to shift over more towards the positive. And so I think that that could be really beneficial. Let me give you some book suggestions. There's a group called the Arbinger Institute who focuses on these two sets of mind mindsets, their consulting group. And they've got a fantastic book. All, all their books are fantastic. But a good introduction is a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. 
which I think is really good. Yep. And then again, we could watch some videos. So a really great TED talk on this is one by Benjamin Zander. And at the end of the TED talk, he talks about how he Benjamin Zander is this conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And he said in his kind of the first half of his career, he had this inward mindset. And he saw musicians not as people, but as instruments, there to play the music the way that he wanted it to be played. But about halfway through his career, he had an epiphany and he switched his mindset more to an outward mindset, which allowed him to see his musicians as people. And he, he realized that they're going to produce better music if I get them to play the music the way that they are best capable of playing it. And at the end of his TED Talk, he says, my job as a conductor is to awaken possibilities in other people. And I, and I love that. So just if we're watching something or doing something where, where we get inspired in that way, that's going to activate and stimulate our positive mindset and neural connection, in this case, an outward mindset. Yeah. And so if you have been listening to this for a while, you know that I'm big on student-driven learning and and personalized learning. And my philosophy of education is we give kids what they need when they need it. And what you're saying totally personifies that because it it takes education from these are vessels waiting to be filled or you know, blank tablets waiting to be written on to these are kids who need to figure out how to learn what they need to learn, even if that doesn't necessarily align with all the things that I feel like they have to learn, you know, and, and giving them more choice and voice and giving them more opportunities to be in charge of their own learning and to drive their own learning. That, that piece of, of seeing students as, as something more than just empty vessels to fill with knowledge because we are so blessed to have that knowledge and we're the teachers. So we have all that. That's a really powerful way to change that dynamic from them just being something empty. We're trying to fill to them being partly full already and helping them find a way to fill themselves. Uh, I just love that. I wish I could articulate it better, but it's, it's fresh in my mind and I've got to figure out how to say that in a way that makes more sense. No, you're right on. Because again, our mindsets are drive 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting on a non-conscious level. And so if we have an inward mindset towards our students, we're going to expect our students to cater to us. Yeah. When we have an outward mindset, we're going to expect us to cater to our students. We're going to kind of see them as unique individuals. And we're going to be just much more inclined to individualize our teaching with these students. And we're, we're going to be more patient with them. Um, we are going to see kind of the positive side of them more, whereas those when we have an inward mindset, we're primarily going to see the areas in which they kind of rub us the wrong way. Yeah, totally. And, and so it truly just leads to just valuing people better. And, and that's, I think, maybe the most important thing that we can do as educators is to see those we are teaching as people, because I believe that they can tell it. We don't even have to say a word and they know whether or not we're seeing them as a person or an object. And that's what they're responding to. Yeah. Oh man, that is so true. And there've been so many times when I've seen the transformative power of a teacher who sees a kid as a person first and as a student 
or a child second. It changes everything. And I would be willing to bet money that those teachers that you remember who had a positive, strong influence in your life, those are the ones who had an outward mindset and saw you as a human being first and respected you as such from the very beginning. And I, I am sure that that is the case because that that's what I've seen from, from those teachers who have done that is they have an outward mindset. Ryan, this has been like awesome. I have enjoyed every single minute of this conversation and I feel like we could go on for hours. Um, but the final question, I think so. Yeah. The final question I want to ask you is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? Well, I try my best with all these. I'm not perfect. But since we were just talking about this inward and outward mindset, I think one of the ways that a principal can best demonstrate an outward mindset is to go individually to his or her teachers and ask, what barriers or obstacles are standing in your way of being more of your ideal self? I love that question for a couple of reasons. One is it's it's something that leads to maybe some tangible things that we can do. But more importantly, immediately upon asking that, we know, or immediately upon being asked that, we know that that person values us as a person. They value our success. I have a I have an older sister who's a second grade teacher, and she's the the school has kind of fluctuated in size depending on upon boundaries. And one particular year, she was put out in, in a, this classroom that was separate from the school. So it was kind of across mm-hmm. the playground. And, and every day, the principal would make the rounds to the different teachers, but he would never make it out to these separate buildings. Yeah. And so her colleagues, her fellow second grade teachers, were receiving individualized attention every day from the principal, but she didn't get any of it. And, and you know... I just imagine my sister and, you know, she said some things that kind of keep me in, but if you're, if you don't feel like you're being treated as a person, as a teacher, how likely is it that you're going to be treating your students as people? And I don't think it's very likely. And so I think if we ultimately, at the end of the day, if we want our our teachers to have the impact on the students that we want them to, we need to take on this outward mindset. And I think that question uh, which is, you know, what barriers or obstacles are standing in your way that I can help you get is a really powerful thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, people can get your mindset uh, assessment themselves at ryangotfridson.com. That is also linked in the show notes. Anything else before we sign off? No, that sounds great. I really appreciate you having me on and having this conversation. And thank you for trusting me to be uh, in front of your audience. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, Check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE 
to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E.